بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على شرف الأنبياء والمرسلين محمد رسول الله صلى الله عليه وآله وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا فما بعد My brothers and sisters, we are on this topic of the Sahaba and Sahabiyat of Rasulullah I want to tell you something about one of the most amazing uh, Sahabiyat, one of the most amazing women companions of Rasulullah And her, her name was Khawla bint Azwar. This is, the, this is different from Khawla bint Talaba. And her story and uh, the ayat which Allah revealed. This is a different person. Khawla bint Al-Azwar. She was a warrior. She was actually a soldier. And she used to fight alongside her brother. His name was Dirar. And she is described as one of the greatest female warriors in history. Some of the uh, some of the historians they said that she, as a warrior, was on par with Khalid bin Walid radiallahu. Imagine what kind of woman she must have been. Huh? Now she was uh, the daughter of Malik uh, bin Aus who was the chief of the Banu Asad and she was she took part in practically all the campaigns in the Khalidun in the Rashidun period in uh, today what is what is the Sham which is uh, Syria Jordan Palestine all those and uh, then she took part in the decisive battle of Yarmouk in which Khalid bin Walid who broke the back of the Byzantine Roman Empire and completely defeated uh, the Byzantine uh, Empire, the Romans. Um, she, on the fourth day of the battle, she led a group of women. Now, imagine this is, we are not talking about just one woman. There, the women of that time, there were many of them who were warriors. So, she led Khawla bin Tazwar uh, she led a group of women warriors against the Byzantine army and defeated its chief commander. And uh, later she was wounded in, by a Greek soldier in that, in that same fight. Um, she, is, she is mentioned in, uh, in, in uh, Futuh Sham and in uh, another book of Al-Waqidi's book and so on. Uh, mashallah. Now, she was um, in the conquest of uh, Syria of Sham. Her, uh, they say that the first time they, her talent appeared was during the Battle of uh, Sanita al-Uqab in 634, which was fought during the siege of Damascus. And uh, she was wounded and also she was uh, taken prisoner by the Byzantine army. Now Khalid bin Walid who took a, uh, his mobile guard, his personal bodyguard uh, troop and uh, he attacked the Byzantines and he rescued her. 
So she then uh, accompanied the army and uh, play, uh, and did she did uh, she actually fought the rear guard alone. Um, people didn't uh, many times they didn't recognize that she was a woman because she the way she used to dress uh, with the armor and then the you know the usual uh, most Arab warriors they wore some uh, like a thobe or a loose loose clothes. So. They people didn't realize until somebody asked Khalid Duvalid, and then he said, "This is this this is a lady. She is so and so." In another uh, battle, um, her brother, her brother was captured by the Romans. So Khawla Radhiallahu took a knight's uh, armor and weapons and and mounted that horse, and she wrapped herself in a green shawl. And she fought a Byzantine battalion who were attacking Muslim soldiers. And Khalid bin Walid Radhiallahu uh, ordered his soldiers to to charge that battalion. And many of the soldiers thought that Khawla Radhiallahu was Khalid bin Walid until Khalid bin Walid appeared. So imagine that was the power with which she was fighting. That they mistook her for somebody like Khalid bin Walid. Uh, then finally, the Muslims they defeated the Byzantines and they, the uh, Roman army chased uh, ran away. And uh, after that, they found uh, the Muslim prisoners and her brother was was freed. Um, somebody actually made they said this this warrior fights like Khalid bin Walid, but I'm 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 not sure whether this is Khalid bin Walid. So they, in the sense of you know the the way that she fought, uh, Subhanallah. The amazing uh, legacy of these people. Um, Sayyidina Umar bin al-Khattab praised her fighting streets, and uh, she is is mentioned in in, in so many uh, books, uh, which are in in different uh, you know different places, and and in the military academies of uh, of the UAE and elsewhere, she is uh, mentioned with. Uh, with great honor, uh, in Al-Waqidi's book, uh, he says that in one uh, in one battle, Khawla uh, bint Azwar she killed five Byzantine knights. Five of them, she alone, she defeated them, and she killed five of the Roman knights. Uh, and and uh, amazing thing, I mean, she was. They were, they were, they tried to capture her and and take her uh, in, um, in to to take her to the leader's tent, who intended to violate her, and she and she got hold of other uh, people there, other women who were also prisoners, and they used the tent poles as weapons, and they attacked the Byzantine guards, and in, just with a with a stick, with a with a tent pole, she killed five of them, and then. She, <laughs> and then they, they, she managed to get them all, and they, they and they all escaped. Subhan uh, Lajib, this is something to really think about and say what kind of uh, people they were. Sometimes you know the, this is very good to study history also because many times people blame. They say Muslims, uh, Islam suppresses women, and women are not allowed to do this and not allowed to do that. They read the history of Islam, and then you realize what women did and they did not do. You know? Uh, on a side note, one of my very good friends and uh, also one of my teachers, Sheikh Akram Nadwi, uh, Hafiz of Allah, he used to be he, in, he used to teach in Oxford, in Oxford University in, in the UK. 
he was head of the Department of Islamic Studies. Uh, now he's retired. So he had an interesting story. Uh, one of the Orientalist scholars in Oxford, uh, Sheikh Akram tell me, tells me, he said this man had a, we had a, you know, we were talking and then this man, he said, he challenged me. He said that Islam oppresses women and does not allow women to study, does not allow women to get knowledge. So Sheikh Akram said, I disagreed. I told him this is wrong, you are, you are mistaken. He said, no. I am not mistaken and women are not allowed to study in Islam. So as a challenge, he said to Sheikh Akram, he said, give me the, find me the, find me names of five, just five, five Muslim female scholars. He's talking about Islam. So five female Muslim scholars. And I will take back my words. So Sheikh Agra Nadvi says to me, he said, I started, I said, I took the challenge, I know, I know there are more than five. So he said, I took the challenge, I started doing some research. And then he said, after a little while, I realized that this scope is too broad. Simply saying women Muslim scholars, the scope is too broad. So there are women Muslim scholars of all kinds of things. They're Muslim scholars of fiqh, they're Muslim scholars of uh, sirah, of uh, a hadith of, uh, of tafsir and so on and so on. So he said, I decided to narrow my search. Right? And imagine, he's not trying to find more, he's trying to find less. He said, I tried narrow. So he said, I narrowed it down to the female scholars of hadith, muhaddithat, only. So he's not taking the female scholars of fiqh or uh, tafsir or anything, only hadith. Guess how many he, he found? He started from the Sahabiyat and from the Ummahatul Mu'minin onwards. Female scholars of Hadith only. Right? Eventually, Shaykh Akram Nadwi compiled that. His book has uh, the name of the scholar and a short biography. So, who was she and, and so on and so forth. Guess how many? Just give me a number. Huh? 5,000? 9,000. The man wanted 5. He said 9,000. And he said 9,000 also because my publisher told me nobody will publish this book. Because it was 5, it was 50, 50 volumes. It's all in Arabic. 50 volumes. The Muqaddimah, the introduction is 300 pages. And that has been translated into English and it is on Amazon. So you can go and look, look it up. It's called Al-Muhaddithat by Sheikh Akram Nadwi and Muqaddimah, 300 pages alone, 9,000 female scholars of hadith. Right, he's got biographies of all of them, 9,000 female scholars. And he said, I, I, I stopped at 9,000 because my, my publisher told me, nobody, 50 volume, who will publish it? Eventually, the book got published by the state of Morocco, by the Sultan of Morocco. So it's, it's available now, but of course the, the, the book is in Arabic. Uh, one side note of this, and it's such a beautiful, beautiful thing. Sheikh Akram says to me, he says, you know what absolutely amazed me and what is the most beautiful thing of this whole research? I said, what? He said, you know, in hadith, uh, when you study hadith, there are, hadith is classified into Sahih and Hassan and so on and so on, Daif. And then of course there are what is called Maudu Hadith. Maudu Hadith are false. There are fabricated Hadith. Right? And through the ages many people have fabricated a Hadith. 
usually to please some king and this and that and the other. So people have fabricated hadith. He says in my entire research, not one single maudu hadith comes from a woman. He said no woman ever lied about Rasulullah Many men did. Not one woman. No woman ever told a lie about Nabi Sallallahu No woman ever fabricated a hadith. Uh, Subhanallah. Ajeeb. I think this alone is enough before Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. So Alhamdulillah, we have a beautiful religion and we have among our Salafus Salihin people, men and women who are a source and a means of enormous, enormous inspiration. The key is we should study. This knowledge will not come in the air. It won't just fall with the rain. You know, we have to take some effort. Make some effort and study, inshallah. Then, alhamdulillah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give us. And just think, just, just knowing these things is so inspirational and so beautiful. Huh? And then, of course, the idea is not only to tell stories and to know, but to try to emulate and try to do and try to, uh, you know, follow these people. Because that is the whole purpose of uh, all of this kind of teaching. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to, first of all, reward these people in a way that only He can reward and to raise their darajat and to give them Jannatul Firdaus Hisab. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to enable us to emulate them to the best of our ability. We ask Allah to cover our faults and our weaknesses with His mercy and forgiveness. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to be pleased with us and never to be displeased. وصلى الله على نبيه الكريم وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين برحمة الله ورحمة